0: They don't call me Sea for nothing.
1: Coming to you live from the Kosher Studios in Woodridge, Illinois. This is Behind the Destruction, the Demolition Derby podcast, and now your hosts, Chris Newmer and Steve Kersky Jr. Welcome to Behind the Destruction.
2: Things that you do when the mics are not hot are far more entertaining than the things that you do when the mics are we sh- hot.
0: We should probably just do like a night of drinking and with just open mic. You know, just do like
2: grab kind of, a grab a do a couple minutes. What is the deal <laughs> with U joints?
0: <laughs> They're not U shape. They should be called X joints.
2: This is episode number thirteen of Behind the Destruction. I'm Chris Newmer. With me, as always, 2011 National Champion Demo Driver, and a man who knows the difference between a brook, a creek, and a stream, Steve Gursky Jr. That's me. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing. How about yourself? Pretty good. You know, we make a great team. You know, uh, you know that, and I know the difference between ice cream, sorbet, sherbet, yogurt, custard, and parfait. So we got all bases covered this episode of the podcast is sponsored by driven restorations the first step to driving your dream is contacting driven restorations at 608-609-5041 or finding them on facebook now that the uh, now that the uh, you know we're entering october and the uh, demo seasons uh, are coming to a conclusion across the uh, midwest We can finally get back into the uh, important stuff like uh, my dating issues and how to throw away knives and uh, what the etiquette is with dealing with amputees. You know, the important stuff that we actually got into this thing so that we could discuss.
0: We have just lost 90% of our listening audience. Boobs! Boobs!
2: All right, I think we got most of them back. (laughs) I was wondering, do you think that there is any correlation between the length of time that a first date goes and the percentage chance that you're going to get a second date?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, if you go out on a date, I mean, I guess I haven't dated in realistically, I guess, 10 years, I'd say. So. Yeah, because
2: you've been married for 11. Hey (laughs) ho!
0: Yeah, and I'm divorced now. Um, (laughs) No, I I would agree because I mean if at a normal date I guess you go out to dinner and then you go to a movie and I you mean, really I yeah.
2: maybe it's just me I've never wanted to go out to a movie as a first date uh I my thought is that I can not talk to them many other different places
0: well I don't know I mean you go out to dinner and that's where you do your talk and then you go out to a movie and that's where you know you kind of get the hints that maybe this is going well you know you could put your hands all over them or. Or around them or whatever, you know.
2: You're you're saying them, right? Them. You're, yes. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. No, I had a uh, I had a first date recently. Uh, it was at a wine bar. The date ended up it was five five and a half hours long. We were drinking, just talking, sitting on a couch, and went from eight to like one one thirty in the morning. No second date. And I thought to myself, I don't know what the length of time is that a first date well, that's should why go. You don't
0: drink on the first date. Because then, you know, you can't really judge how it went because if she's wasted, obviously you become better to her. So she's going to hang out with you and then she'll realize the next day, oh, holy cow, I had way too much to drink and I don't really like this guy. So I'm not going to call him back. Yeah. See. I, I, so you keep it sober on the first one.
2: Well, that was the that was the crux of the question, which is if you just look at time frame and by drinking, you you have a sustained amount, not the kind of amount where you would get tasered by somebody. Um whether that that comes into play,
0: I I don't know. I'd say if you go on a normal date and it lasts, you know, an hour and a half, that's it. You obviously did something wrong, or you're totally not into that person, is what I'm guessing. So, but after yep. five five and a half hours, and they don't call you, they probably have mental problems. I guess anyway, they were bored that night. That's why yep. they were with you. Yep,
2: that's 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 it. I don't know. I found that to be. Uh, cause you never really, you never really think about, well, you know, I mentioned it frequently and you groan and I think go, well, here we go. But you know about my love of, uh, advanced baseball statistics. Mm. Yep. But, uh, you don't really think about, you don't really think about like, uh, dating statistics or stuff like that, or how, uh, numbers can, can weigh into things. And I just, uh, fortunately I was not actually discussing this on the date, um, but just kind of interesting when you think, huh, I guess there might be a, a relationship between how long it goes and whether that date number two is going.
0: I think if you're a man, you're dating women, I don't know, you're not going to figure them out. Plain and simple. I mean, you could have an hour and a half long date with one and then be like, oh, that was horrible. She thinks I'm an idiot. She'll never call. And then a couple of days later, she's asking if you want to go out next weekend. So just with women, you never know. Yeah. Never know. It would totally screw up your baseball statistics yes and, yeah you
2: well i had i had another uh i had a situation recently with a model actually i had a uh, because you know i uh my day job is sort of as a fashion photographer so i have a lot of interactions with fashion models and i met two recently who explained that they both were disgusted by photographers because the photographers were always interested in hitting on them uh asking them out for dates things like that at one photographer one model mentioned that a photographer actually asked her if he could feel her boobs and she she said why and he said so i can know what i'm
0: working with yeah that's pretty slick so she let him i'm sure
2: Uh, i think uh, she either slapped him or kicked him i can't remember what but uh it, both one woman was one woman was 19 actually both women were 19 and explaining this to me and i said well you know and uh, i said in both cases uh, i said well you got no you know no worries with me i'm professional uh besides, and, gay. And, gay. and gay and besides the point is that it's like i don't know at this point in time i'm 36 i, I don't know if i could you know think about dating a 19 year old or something like that it's I just think- sort of
0: Think about it all the time
2: <laughs> <laughs> no I, I you might have mis, misunderstood me I, I i like the 17 year olds that's
0: where i was oh, going but or, uh or danger
2: yeah well it's legal in some states i gotta go to i do a lot of work in missouri for this very reason uh but or
0: wyoming uh, montana
2: yep yep hawaii Alaska. oh boy hawaii i actually you know all joking aside i believe the age of consent in hawaii is 14
0: well, that's weird, but I mean, you know that, and I know things like Hawaii is like the worst place to live and work because you get paid the lease, but everything's so expensive, so oh, yeah, yeah huh money money wise I think
2: so like, the f- the sex with the fourteen year old sort of counteracts the fact you're paying seven dollars a gallon for gas,
0: right, I was gonna go with the view, but Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. Well I I think we're on the same page. But so did one of these models ask oh, you out? Yes. So... That was the thing. That
2: was that was the funny part of it. Was the one model uh it, the shoot went swimmingly, it was great. I'm looking forward to working with her again. Uh the other model, uh just you know, gorgeous brunette, five ten, hundred and fifteen pounds. And at the end of the at the end of the shoot, she gave me a hug and said, "You know, we should get drinks sometime." And I was like, "It's like, Whoa, wait, wait, what?" And then, like a, a little later, I realized that she was nineteen and asking me out for drinks, and I was like, uh, "Wait, wait, wait, what again?" She just wanted you to
0: buy her. Booze. Yeah, that was it. She just wanted. She it was. I was. I was her uh, ID. I'm still trying to figure out five, ten, 115 pounds is beautiful. That's like a stick figure. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah. I mean, does the wind blow her away too?
2: Well, no? I, she looked good because I've
0: seen a picture of her. And so I'm guessing, you know, if you took her boobs off, she'd weigh what? 75 pounds, maybe 73, 73, 73 think, pounds. Yeah. Yeah. But,
2: um, and so I asked her, you know, I said, well, you know, I'm flattered, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a good idea. And I was like, I, I thought you were upset at the fact that all photographers hit on you. And she said, yeah, I, that's what I really like about you is that you didn't hit on me. That's why I wanted to see if you wanted to get drinks. And I was like. It is a backwards, backwards world
0: that we live in. Pretty clever, my friend, pretty clever.
2: Yes, my game is that I'm not interested, but the trick is that I'm actually not interested, which is why it works. Well,
0: it's the same thing, you know, with being married. Women seem to find me rather attractive, whereas if I wasn't married, I would just be a normal slob. Mm-hmm. But yet, I'm married, so it's a game for them. They want you. Yeah. So, any single guys out there, Levi, Turball, get a ring, put it on your finger, Women will just fall all over you.
2: So I was uh, I was in Detroit recently and uh, for a second time was rear-ended by a woman in an <laughs> SUV <laughs> oh, as I oh. tried not to go through an intersection that had a red light camera at it. Um, I, I don't know. I know you live up in the middle of pretty much nowhere where there.
0: Oh, come on. Well, no. how, how
2: many streetlights are there in the town that you live in? I don't live in a town. There we go. How many streetlights are in the town nearest to where you live? Probably 100. Oh, you're using Milwaukee or Madison? No, Beaver Dam.
0: Beaver Dam. I believe there might be five. A Beaver Dam? Yeah. I don't think you've ever been downtown. I might have
2: been in a different town. You ever been down
0: in the Beaver, have you?
2: Nope. But uh, I I absolutely hate these red light cameras. It it just drives me nuts that people keep rear-ending me as I slow to a stop before these red lights because I don't want to go through I've the.
0: Been in the car while you're driving. You don't slow to a stop. I think you're either on the gas or or on the brake. There's really no no in
2: between. Nothing
0: transition there. No.
2: But uh, yeah, this was. Uh... This was a situation, and it just was like,
0: ugh. Oh. Actually, what people don't know right now is we're recording this in your car right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that the, the sound quality goes down a little bit. No, it's just how much you do not pay attention when you drive.
2: Oh, potato, potato. And, you know, Chicago, like the red light cameras have been, uh, like, you know, in Chicago, they've been putting more and more red light cameras in because it's a great source of
0: revenue for the city. And, Actually, they just did it in Madison. Just put up a bunch, not even red light cameras, but cameras in general, like kind of like Joliet is, but they don't use the blue flashing lights to let you know. They're just yeah. all up. They're up, and it's for public safety.
2: Mm-hmm. Except I don't believe I was ever in any kind of car accident or fender bender before, and now that the red light cameras are there, I've gotten hit twice. Yep. And... I also oh, Delta, what the cameras that I am looking forward to the least are the speed cameras. Um, that you know, it's like they take pictures, they can they can see how fast you're going, and if you're going over the speed limit, yep, just mail you a mail you a ticket.
0: Yeah, I get those from Illinois now. The but they have them now. No, oh the tolls. tolls. I get pictures of the, of the truck, and you know, actually this last time we fought it because Illinois is a, a shitty state. Anyway, this last time we got, you know, I went to Illinois. I was hauling the trailer and they actually sent me uh, a picture of my truck and said that I, you know, it was $111 worth of fines and tolls that I needed to pay. And the funny thing was that I had the trailer with, and in the picture, it's my truck with no trailer on it. So I happened to fight it and we won. We didn't have to pay it. So I find that quite odd. Do you have any idea when that picture was taken? No, um, because it's black and white, so you can't tell, like, what tag is on your license plate. Ah. But it was for the fourth night when I went down, which on the way down...
2: So, like, late August.
0: Yeah, late August. So, and then they sent me in because I had some tickets I paid for blowing tolls. Um, we paid one from December of 2011 and some in May for that other race. We already paid them and when this thing showed up there was a bunch of new ones with tolls i'd never even heard of toll plazas mm. i'd never heard of plus the two that were on there from before so they're trying to basically trying to shaft me for more money because yeah. most people would just pay it but i mean i probably would have paid it too but i knew i had the trailer on which you can't see the back of the truck with the trailer hmm so fuck illinois Yeah. I I also like the public safety
2: part of it, uh, that it's – if somebody said, listen, you know, the the government, we're running a little low on funds. We're putting this in there. Um, It's a law that needs to be upheld, and we're going to just use this as a proxy revenue-making thing. I'm not saying I'd be happy about it, but I'd be like, all right, you're treating me like an adult. I'll just avoid that intersection. But the thing where it's the public safety and I keep – and people keep hitting me, it's – that that's uh, it's,
0: a, it's no different than putting you know a cop in the median on the highway mm-hmm. everyone's doing 75 80 miles an hour they see the cop what do they all do slow down slam on their brakes yeah. and slow down they slam on the brakes what's that do causes accidents wow well, good thing that cop was on the median there yeah to get speeders
2: oh uh, you know there was a guy this uh I, I believe it was down in phoenix arizona a couple of years ago i loved this story That uh, there was a guy who had gotten a number of, like, the camera speeding tickets, and he was very upset about this because, you know, well, he drives fast, he drove some kind of sports car, so what he ended up doing was he would put on a gorilla mask and drive around Phoenix speeding the entire way. And they'd keep they'd keep uh, sending tickets to this guy's house to the tune of like thousands of dollars. And he kept fighting them saying, you can't prove it's me driving the car. There, there's somebody in a gorilla mask. And so as it was under the law, it's not his duty to prove that he's not. It's the uh, police department's duty to prove that he is driving. And so they ended up staking out his house to see that like if he's putting on the gorilla mask and getting in the car so that they would have proof. And when wind got out that they were actually putting like four to five police officers on overtime to stake out this one guy's house to make sure that he was or was not putting on this gorilla mask. Uh, There was all kinds of fury about it. And so he started putting on the gorilla mask in the house. And it was just like one guy's way of just, you know, saying, Fuck you to the system, and I thought it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, you know, I think everyone's all you need to do that because it seems like too much in our society where we just kind of go along with things. I think, you know, if you know, some people, you know, the state of Illinois sends you this thing saying, "Hey, you did you violated this, you need to pay this, or you lose your license." It could be totally fake, and people still sign a check, put it mail, send it to them. Yeah, I mean, they could do that. I mean, I'm I'm guessing there's a good seventy percent of people that would do that. Yeah. You know, really it's
2: easier. Sh- you don't. Yeah. The other the public safety issue is like I found this out to, for me now when I'm driving in the city of Chicago and I see a yellow light. My first reaction now is not to look left or right to see if there's anybody coming or if it's safe or if I should, you know, continue forth. It's to sort of turn around and look behind me to see if there's a camera in place, because if there is, I'm going to stop. And if there's not, I'm going to go through and that that is the exact opposite of what you want people doing is when the yellow light comes turning around to look behind them
0: oh yeah see for me the funny thing is like um last year's demo banquet was at the the Harris and that's Joliet
2: yeah Harris casino
0: right and so we go there and I remember looking out the window, you get to see the canal, and it was like, well, what is the blue flashing lights on that building? Like, what is that? And it was you that told me that yeah, those are so, cameras. Yeah, cameras. So what what's the deal with the blue flashing lights? Well, that's to let people know that there's a camera there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what the hell's the sense of having a camera then? I mean, you don't even have to put a camera up there. Now you just put up blue flashing lights, people are going to think that, you know, you can put a roll of toilet paper there and say it's a camera. Yeah. Oh, They're this is sort of away. like
2: inside the liquor store, so they just you can actually buy the fake... Uh, The fake closed-circuit cameras.
0: Yeah, where it's just a red blinking light with Uh, Cardboard, uh, yeah. uh,
2: Cardboard box with a red blinking light in it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that to me is just, it's stupid because, well, that that comes down to um, basically people are so sensitive. You can't record me without me knowing. No. You can't do that. That's bullshit. No. Put the camera up to catch people messing with your shit. That's what it's for. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's just, this world's fucked up. It's going to hell in a handbag. Yeah, this world's end ha- in this fucking winter. It's funny.
2: It's funny you actually mention that because I've had a couple of things where, um, I've had a couple of things where I've been trying to get uh, my photos into certain either galleries or showings, exhibitions, things like that, and some of them require that I have liability insurance, and I have been trying as a photographer to get liability insurance, and I can't do it, and I I've gone I've gone to like five different insurance companies trying to get this stupid $1 million liability insurance, and I can't do it. And I I keep asking people, why can't, why won't you do this? And they say they're afraid that if I sell a photo uh, and a person is in the photo, that the person in the photo could sue me, and that then they'd have to pay out. And, uh, like, it it strikes me as odd because, number one, it's not like uh, I'm, like doing paparazzi stuff where I'm shooting inside someone's house that they don't know. It's like everything's in public or better yet, as I explained to them, if I do sell pictures of people, I have model releases like they've actually signed over. I have legal documents saying you may sell this image of me and I can't say anything about it. And they're like, yeah, we're not willing to take that chance. Really? Yeah. So if there are any insurance agencies out there, insurance agents listening who want to offer a photographer one million dollars worth of liability insurance for twenty thirteen. Just give me a call because I might actually Well need they don't want
0: to do it because that's too big of a
2: risk. It is too big of a risk. But uh you know, just finishing off on the red light thing, the thing that I really don't like about this, and it's sort of like I, I, I find it funny how these things sort of trickle down into the psychology of other of things is that it sort of deprioritizes uh, intersections where there aren't cameras. And so it's now, if it's just like a regular red light, and I'm like, there's no camera here. I'll turn on red. I'll
0: Nobody's coming the other direction. I'm going through. There's no camera here. See, now, you say turn on red. That's I mean, I do that all the time, even if it says no turn on red, because you'll be sitting there with your blinker on, waiting, no turn on red. And there's no one coming. You know what I'm not gonna sit here, I'm out of here, so yeah, you yeah. know, and so i you' telling me I'd be getting tickets if I lived down there driving
2: well, if you you know if there's a red light camera, yeah, wow, but this is you know i I've started change like i don't you I don't go to the intersections where the red light cameras are, uh, I'll try to go down the side streets, things like that, and it's like just so, so I mean I'd... how much do you think that
0: technology costs though, so you take it, you get it, put it in, you have to maintain it, you have to do this, you have to do that, so if it catches in a month, it catches. One person a day. You think a lot Oh my god, yes. So people are just flipping idiots down there. Well, the thing is that you have to come to a
2: full and complete stop, and nobody does that. Like before you turn right. And it's like if you don't come to a full and complete stop and then turn right, they get you for that, and they have a series of pictures that shows that you never came to a full and complete stop. The California roll. Yep. It's not just sushi anymore. <laughs> I I know you can't actually. It's funny that your eye rolling there is. I have to actually mention it. I think Steve sprained part of his cornea, rolling his eyes at that joke. I I was thinking about this, and it's like you know how um they have, and I'm not. I think they had an episode of MythBusters where they uh showed how flawed all of this was, but like they have like radar blockers or they have like that spray coating you're supposed to be able to paint on your car or spray on your car that well you have uh, to put on your license plate not your or car. or on your license plate so that it doesn't actually register well i was thinking about this with the red light cameras and uh one of the things that uh i was i was i was i'm not 100 percent sure that this would work but it seemed like a good enough idea that you could try and it's this a, a mirrored license plate holder So that you have uh, like a mirror at, maybe you would angle it in towards the license plate because the one thing that the red light cameras always do is they throw forth a bright flash of light. And so that's designed to illuminate the license plate at night so it can see it. But the thing is that if you reflect with a mirrored license plate holder that reflects that light towards the license plate, it's going to... Make it bright white. You will not actually be able to see the license plate because there's too much light on it. That's
0: why I drive around without any license plates. On.
2: <laughs> that was the other suggestion I had. So uh, that was my thought, and I don't know. I don't know see if- what you
0: can do at, at the toll booth. This works when you go through I-Pass in Illinois. Is you actually catch up with a semi and you get in front of him, and then you slow down, let him ride your tail as you go through. Then it cannot take a picture of your vehicle. Huh. Because out of all the times that I've done that, I do not have a ticket. Because I, cause I well, well, I have to tell you this, kids, I don't have a license plate on the front of my truck at the time, so <laughs> that may be, you know, help, I guess. The other thing is I'll get toll violations for them stupid-ass coin ones. Like you're hopping on three fifty five off of uh oh you, yeah he... so it's like a dollar eighty five and change, and you take you pick it all out, and I like to sit there, you know obviously, and piss everyone off behind me as I dig through all my change, and you throw it in there and it's counting it, and you sit there and you just threw a dollar eighty five in or whatever the hell it is, and the light doesn't say thank you, you just sit there, and you just say, "You know what, fuck you, I'm not putting more money in you drive away boom get a get a violation in the old uh, mail. Hmm. fuck that state
2: wow we really do seem to have touched uh, a nerve here
0: well it's because you know you pay to drive on it and then 2008 you drive down hit a monster pothole lose a tire on the truck and trailer good thing i just paid 380 to drive down this flipping road cock bags <laughs> <laughs> sorry i feel all right i'm better i'm back well right. damn it
2: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this.
1: Driven Restorations, a family-owned and operated full-service auto restoration shop, which is located in Randolph, Wisconsin. Whether it's a full-frame-off restoration or just a detailed cleaning for the upcoming show season, bring your collector car or truck in to Driven Restorations. You can follow us on Twitter at DrivenResto, that's D-R-I, V E N R E S T O. Facebook or our website, drivenrestorations.com. Driven Restorations will help you drive your dream.
0: And we're back.
2: After a spirited round of Gursky Jr. yelling at the Illinois Toll Illinois Department of Transportation and the Toll Road Authority. Wow. That's you know, that is, I think, the most fired up that I've seen you since we've we've been doing this. I'm better now. Yep. Back to the uh back to the yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Just keeping it keeping it flowing. I am actually holding right now a plaque for the two thousand two champion
0: Chippewa Valley Predators.
2: This is a uh what football
0: league is that? It would be the Great Plains Football League.
2: Great Plains Football League. Uh they were the champs, and the reason I'm holding this is that one Steve Gursky played on this semi-pro football team. And, Steve, it's funny to look at this. Like, not many people uh, look at a photo of themselves 10 years ago go, and go, wow, uh, I was a lot bigger back then. But I'm looking at this photo, and you look uh, 30 pounds heavier? Does that sound right?
1: Mm,
0: I had a little bit more muscle on me then, but I played played about... 215 pounds that's why i weigh now but i got a little bit extra cushion for the pushing i think they say it like that yeah this is uh wow
2: yeah it's just it's funny looking at you and seeing you and being like yeah that's uh huh
0: that's when i used to work out that's when working out was fun real fun
2: what what was the uh what was the what could you
0: bench back then Max out at three twenty five. Uh,
2: do you- hold on, how three twenty five? The bar is what forty five. Yep. So ninety. So how many forty fives would that be on each side?
0: Mm, you're making me do math, huh? What was it three on each side? Oh my god. Oh, it was a lot, and I don't know, but I mean, you do, you can max out at that. You do that one time, but. What it was was, uh, you do, two seventy five. You know, most I did that was seventeen times. That's where I mean, that's strength and endurance together. So, I mean, right now I bet you I could do two seventy five probably twice. (laughs) That's about it. But, I mean, that's when I mean, only thing I did was work and then work out.
2: You're not going to believe this. I think the max I ever benched was. One thirty-five, one forty, and I was pretty excited about it. So you can't even bench your own weight? No, never. Really? Well, we we were talking about this even earlier today. Like I have extremely long monkey arms. Like they're like thirty-six, thirty-seven inches. Like that the sleeve. Like when I buy sh- uh, like tailored shirt sleeves, they're That's thirty-six, you, thirty-seven inch long because sleeves.
0: Jesus gave you long arms to make up for your short penis. <laughs>
2: I told you that in confidence, you son of a bitch and i i and maybe this is me rationalizing or making excuses but it seems that like if you have shorter arms that it makes it easier for you to uh do bench press and if you have really really long arms that it makes it harder for you to do bench press at least that's what my uh college basketball coach told me as right.
0: well right it's true cuz i mean in, when i was in high school uh, i had a uh, for weight training one of our well teachers uh he was you know kind of a short barrel type of guy he had short arms and a big chest yeah so i i swear the bar moved maybe six inches when he bench pressed you know so um you know like what we used to do was like a close grip bench press where you'd actually roll up a towel and put it on your chest and so you don't bring it all the way down to your chest like some Mm -hmm. guys would would oh yeah like almost bang it off it yeah so you bring you bring it down to the towel and bring it back up and you know close close grip bench pressing 200 and 90 pounds you know i mean that's probably why my elbows are shot now but <laughs> it's you know i mean bench pressing was you just basically after your workout that's when you do your bench press because any football player or coach will tell you that it's worthless in in the game the close grip is good because you know your hands are closer to, to the to so like the center body. of the bar yeah yeah so but i mean do i miss those days sure but that was a lot of time in the weight room i mean you spent you know, in a week, I mean, you're going to put 28, 30 hours in working out. Ooh,
2: wow. Wow. That is a lot of time in the weight room.
0: Yes. It's like well, a I, second job.
2: I I think it's also like, I think it's, um, uh, I don't know where football ranks in terms of major sports where weightlifting impacts it in a positive, positive way. But I think basketball is on the other end of that one. It's like, I'm not saying that being cut doesn't help you but if you're a six foot point guard who only shoots threes like weightlifting is not going to be high on your priorities
0: yeah this is because i used to play basketball in high school just to stay in shape through the winter and you know you lift a lot of weights you know it would kind of be i mean i you know you know i was the rebounding champ one year um you get to take and push guys around a lot easier because, you know, we'd play teams that, you know, there'd be 6'10 yeah. centers, and you're talking, this is high school. You know, I'm six two and, you know, but you're, you know, you're 220 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, this guy, he's he's 6'10", and he weighs 180 pounds, so he's a stick. So yeah, be able to you get didn't... in there and just push him around, you know, that's good. You know, actually, they used to just put me into the game to kind of rough up and get fouls on – uh, the other team's best player, if he was a forward or something, I would. The get to, Bill Lambeer
2: of, of the high school league,
0: pretty much, you know. And so, I mean, I mean, I would think it'd be a benefit if you were, you know, six foot six two point guard in the NBA to be pretty strong to be able to take it to the basket. You okay, know?
2: that's true. But if you're six foot and uh, in college and playing Division three, yeah, yeah,
0: well. I- I didn't play in college, so that was that. At least that was what I told. I remember,
2: uh, there was a, uh, there were a couple of different guys on the team, and they used they coined the phrase the numer workout, which was, I think I'd go in, I'd probably do, uh, I'm gonna say, six to eight different weightlifting exercises. I would do them hard for you know three four sets, and that was it. I was oh, done. Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah, because you were telling me that you worked out with the girls' track team.
2: no no they outlasted me it was like after that i was like you know what i'm going down to shoot that's it that was it It see
0: there was always that big thing where you know i didn't care about shooting i guess so i'd work out before basketball practice and and some guys would come in and work out with me some wouldn't because they were the three-point shooters oh my god it screws up your oh it's gonna mess up your shots it does one of
2: two things depending on how like if you work on like upper body stuff um if you, if you do it... You'll like, overpower your shot if oh, you're it. Oh, you have no touch at all. It just goes ricocheting off the backboard. And then if you That's, do your
0: legs, you end up shooting pretty much air balls. Oh, if... But, th- but you know who you would work out before games, every home game? Carlos Williamson. And who else? Michael Jordan. Oh, would he? Yep, for every home game.
2: I think the trick is that uh, once you get into that routine and you actually can figure it out and it's sort of like... Um, you're You're not doing it uh I, like the other thing is is like if you're doing it to gain mass or to get bigger that definitely impacts your shot a lot more than if you're just sort of toning up I guess
0: yeah I suppose
2: um but yeah I'll I'll tell you what the first when I first started, like cuz I didn't work out at all in high school I know I know hold on pick up your jaw off the yeah. ground there but um when I first started working out in college, oh, it was it was two weeks of I could not lift my arms above like my shoulders. Like I had to tilt my head cuz I had hair then, and I had to <laughs> tilt my head to the side so I could shampoo my hair. That was that was one pathetic pathetic feeling.
0: See the, see I was never, you know, I have good lower body strength and so strength strength strength. Sorry. So like when I work out You have out, good lower body it. length too. <laughs> thanks um my biggest thing was like you work on your legs you do squats or you know work on the calves stuff like that but no matter how much you worked on them they would still get super sore like mm-hmm. your groin and your and your hamstrings so the worst part would be in the morning the next day to go sit on the toilet you would basically get halfway to the, to the seat fall down and just fall <laughs> and that was it and it was We're like, like after oh, a couple i'm not times, getting
2: it's, yeah i'm not getting up
0: either yeah so you gotta- know I don't know, but you know, for me it's like you talk about weightlifting before you go, you know, play a basketball game. Well in the NFL they do this now. They'll go out in their pregame, before their pregame, you know, they'll go They're out. Pre-pre-game. There, no helmet. They're pre they warm up. What they call is they get a lather going. Mm-hmm. I mean these guys will run routes, you know, quarterback or uh, receivers and quarterbacks will go out there, they'll be sweating. Mm-hmm. They'll work it like that. And then they'll go take a shower, get their stuff ready to go play a game. Yeah. I couldn't imagine doing that.
2: Well, uh, Edgerrin James, uh, the former running back of the Colts and the Cardinals, I believe, he used to talk about how uh, he he enjoyed after the game going and playing pickup basketball with friends, and he's like that tires me out, and I was like, wow,
0: what's wrong with you? Well, that's the reason why he's not didn't have a you know fourteen year career as a running back too, but yeah, well, what do he have? Nine years in the league. That
2: sounds right. Nine, ten years. Yeah, because he did follow that normal NFL trend, which is really good running back who ends up at Arizona way too late. Yeah, so almost Ah. a
0: pattern. Arizona likes some old beat up backs. Yeah. So
2: when you look at that, uh, when you look at the plaque, the championship plaque, is it? uh, Are you surprised that you used to play, or is it something like you're like, ah, yeah, those are good times.
0: Well, you know, it's good times. I mean, you look back at it and you go, right now I could play. Football, and mentally, but I know that if you know you're standing out there at the safety position and had a break on a pass, you know the tackle guy, my brain would be there, my body would not be, (laughs) yeah, whatsoever. I mean, my hamstrings are so tight, I don't think I could run half as fast as I used to. Um, you know, and the injuries catch up with you, which also is a fact of you know, you're not working out anymore, Mm -hmm. so those injuries. You know, they come back, the shoulder, the knee, you know, stuff like that.
2: Have you, now, the, if I remember correctly, the biggest injury that you had or the most uh, traumatic was the injury you had to your spleen, correct?
0: Yeah, that was actually, um, last game of the regular season for going into the playoffs. My last play I was doing a, uh, I was actually, that was my first year playing. So, um, Team had some injuries to wide receivers, so I went from defense to offense because I was really fast. So you were you were a safety, but they asked you to fill in on wide receiver. Yep. We had, well, we had lost four receivers. Oh heck, I think it was the first four games. So mid-season, time
2: to, time to get your Ed McCaffrey
0: and uh yep. Ricky Proll on. Pretty much. Hey, I led the led the team in touchdown reception at eight. So. Yep, Dane not, Sonsenbacher. Not for, yeah, well, I probably would have had twelve. I dropped a couple of wide open ones, but hey, I played defense.
2: So okay, so they move you. So your they move you to wide receiver. Last game of the season, let your last play. What goes down?
0: Well, it was a it was a toss right power sweep, and I remember that because on that I am the wide out, and what I do is I crack block the outside linebacker basically what that is is he's running and watching the running back as you are coming down and blindsiding him so i mean realistically it's the uh, most
2: fun block a wide receiver i mean
0: during the year i think we took out probably six guys took them out of the game doing that and this team in particular had three linebackers that should have been defensive linemen you know Mm -hmm. i mean they're 260 pounds, you know, and they could move like gazelles, you know, so you know, he, earlier in the game, I got him good. Knocked him down Well, we're running this play again and as I come to block him, he sees me, so he turns his back to me. He learned. So, to avoid a penalty, I dive out of the way in which I hit the middle linebacker, which was um, a 55 gallon drum with arms <laughs> and legs. I hit him, well, his knee hits me on the left side of my ribs right at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's right where your spleen's at. And it felt like I was shot with a shotgun point blank right there. Um, They, you know, the team doctors said, oh, you got broken ribs and stuff. But what actually happened was my guts felt like they were being burned by acid. So um, once uh, the paramedics that were there, once they heard that, we went to the hospital, so... It was uh, actually ruptured the sac that contains spleen. Mm-hmm. So there was internal bleeding and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you recover from that. That was.
2: Have you had any, uh, any, like, you know, if you, you blow out your knee, it's like that can impact you for the rest of your life. Have you had any uh, recurrence of anything with your spleen?
0: Nope. I had nothing physical. I mean, you know, I played the next two years just to prove that, you know, it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't bother me. It's no different when, you know, you hurt hurt your knee. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's going to end up kind of falling down in the performance department because that's something you're going to think about. You know, you're young enough; you don't care. You just keep going. So, yeah, went back, played another two years, and then pretty much just kind of fell out of love with football. Kind of gets to a point where you go, why? Yeah, because you know the injuries do add up. I mean, it's no different than playing professionally. You know, once you start getting those injuries, the team starts looking at you a little bit different. You're, you know, it's not a liability, but it, they're kind of waiting for that shoe to drop, I guess. Yep. So, you know, once you once they start adding up there, it does get in your head that, hey, you know, it's hard to go about your daily life when you can't move your arm or, you know, your knee is swelled up like a size of a, you know, a football or whatever it is. It yeah. just, it adds up, you know.
2: yeah. I, 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 you are, if you could really return from all that and not have it impact your play, I, I say you are a much better man than me. I had a, uh, for the longest, I think probably the, I've had two injuries, one with uh, basketball, one with skateboarding that were both equally traumatic. Uh, the knee one probably hurt more simply cause it was harder where I just absolutely obliterated my, like I had a, I planted my left leg straight and then a fat guy came from the side and just pushed my knee just so it boop went right out. And it was like, oh, boy, that's it. And then I was on the ground like I'm just – and the thing was when I did that, I was playing with a bunch of doctors. Like uh, it was I think eight doctors, me, and another guy. And we were playing at a medical center on the on, outside of Chicago. And so like all I had in my head was memories of Willie in the in the Miami game like blowing out like seven – like seven ligaments in his knee and I'm like, Oh, he came back. I can do it. God, I, should, I wiggle this. What do I do? So one of the doctors that I knew pretty well, I was like, I was like, his name was Brian. I was like, Brian, what do I do? Do I move my foot? Do I not? And, uh, brian goes uh I, I don't know i uh i'm a gynecologist <laughs> i was like come on what is this is like a bad joke and i looked around and sure enough it was like all eight doctors were like obstetricians or gynecologists and so they're coming over i'm like what do i do and one guy's like when was your last menstrual cycle i'm yeah. like come on you idiots <laughs> this is, hurts did you did you tear your vagina yeah boy? then i could then i could help you and this one so they were i was like oh boy this is just not not good but uh That was that was kind of tough to come back from, and it's it's still there. But the skateboarding one, I was skateboarding down the side of a mountain, literally, and uh, yeah, I went off and uh, managed to scrape most of my side. It looked it was just road rash everywhere. I still have pieces of uh, Canyon Run Road in Las Vegas in my elbow from where it was. Almost passed out, and it was honestly that was the last time I've ever I went skateboarding. Like after that, it was like, nope. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what you i mean, what you can come back from, or I guess what you put yourself through. For me, it was an ego thing to come back and do it and show people, you know, because I had guys on the team that said, you know, you should be done. You shouldn't do this, you know. Like you training anymore. staff or like right. players? Both. Yeah, oh. both. I mean, you know, it's like, why do you put yourself through this? Well, just to prove that I can. not You know, that's what it is. If uh-huh. I could go back in time, would I keep doing it? No. <laughs> no. Because, you know, in high school, I broke my right hand for two seasons in a row. So, uh, it was uh junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Break my right hand, play through it all the time, just like a cast or no cast. Wow! Because if you go in and get it casted up, they're not—they're gonna cut down your playing time or maybe not even let you play. Yeah. So you grin and bear it. Yeah, you, know, you sit at night and let her go. Huh? Well, then you do that. To, you know you know, hurt my spleen the one year. Come back next year, first hit. You know, you re-injure your shoulder and break your hand again. <laughs> so What do you do? You play the rest of the year like that. You know, it's stupid. You know.
2: No, that's. Yeah, the the skateboarding thing. I was like, yeah, I think I'm done here. The uh, I don't, I don't. I've seen the writing on the wall. I, yeah, because
0: uh, I would, I guess, for the skateboarding thing, I would look at it like, well, I shouldn't have been out in the first place. No, no, I, I so wholehearted.
2: But I got to tell you, the ride down there was phenomenal. It was just the ending of it that was. This uh, is
0: awesome! Woohoo! Oh God! <laughs> so it was one of those off road things, or what? The, with we, the big tires, and skateboard? Or uh, it was them? not off. I mean, on it was board?
2: on a um. Like, the geography of Las Vegas is it's basically a giant bowl, mm-hmm. and I was up in Summerlin, which is in the northwest section of Vegas, and it's at the very top of the bowl, and so I was just skating down this road, Canyon Run Road, and, and honestly, we looked it up, and I had been skating down it for about two miles, and I would picked up a lot of speed, and I, you know, even though it was, just, it was a longboard that I was on, and I was going back and forth like in an S pattern, so, you know, I, you could slow down that way a little bit, but at the bottom of that hill it's like i just looked down i'm like oh god there's a huge highway down there that i'm about to run into okay uh i think i need to get off my board and then it was just Phoosh. oh that was that was not good it was funny cuz after after um like probably 3 weeks of it i had this i had this scab on my right side honestly probably the size of a basketball i mean it was enormous and i was trying to play basketball and i so i i would do a shot and the scab cracked all the way across the middle and so uh, I was wearing a white T-shirt, and I just had this, like, I didn't realize it at the time, but just this increasing, like, like bloody spot on the right side. And people started calling me Roy Hobbs from the Natural, who had that. I'm like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" They're like, "You got the blood." I was like, "Oh God!" And then I looked down, and it was too late because my uh, shirt sticking to yeah, it. Yeah, my shirt was sticking to it. It's like, "Oh, oh, oh uh, God, quit pulling that!" Oh, I gotta stop.
0: Oh, that was a that was not fun. No. Couldn't sleep on the side. Couldn't. So do you want to go, want to go uh, longboarding down a hill again? <sighs> if I was Cambria Hill down here, let's do it.
2: If I if if I was like padded up like a combination of Craig Biggio and Iron Man, I would have no problem
0: doing it. it well, you see it. You see that dumbest stuff on Wheels Show, uh, uh, Speed Channel. Mm-hmm. And It's people doing these things, you know. And one of them is the longboard behind a car. Yeah, going down the road i do not know how fast they're going but i do know when the guy does eat it i mean he, he's going straight he's doing well everything's fine he's got like the ski rope on the car he's cooking along and then he starts getting a little fancy starts swerving a little bit next thing you know whoops there yep, he goes there you go. and the, i don't know if it's funnier or what but it seems as though he's grasping for anything he can
2: and there's nothing there it's like the well, which,
0: it's... what he grasps a hold of is the ski rope that's pulling him and oh, it just starts getting faster. Just starts pulling him down the road as he's sliding on it, and you know, and I guess what's even better is the people who record it are just laughing their ass off as their friend is smeared down. You know, yeah. I was like, Well,
2: let's see. Uh, Bill started here. Oh, there's there's some more of his elbow hey, over a there. A toe. There's a toe. Yeah. Now I was I was in a. Uh, this is also out in Vegas. It was uh, there's a, a park out there called Red Rock Park and uh in no way in relationship to the uh place where they play music but again there's like a lot of mountains where you can go down and there was this guy who was on a regular board not even a longboard or a board, just like a regular skateboard and he was in fact he wasn't even doing the he wasn't even doing the um like the tow rope from a car he just had the car pull him up and he's holding on to the bumper and then the car sped up and then he let go it was uh, to the, I remember vividly right now because I was just like, oh, please don't bite it. Please don't bite it. You're you're at least seven miles from a hospital. Please don't fall down. And it's not like he he was just wearing like untied vans and like uh like skateboard shorts and a T-shirt. It was like it, it was like if he if he bit it. That was it. He was going to be out of commission for quite some time. And it's it, like there are rocks on the side of the road. There's no curb. There's cactus. It's basically like, what is the last thing in the world that you would, oh, that. Yeah, you don't want to go in that. That's right. And he was, and, rocks when, he, and when he made it to the bottom of the hill and like pulled out, like just like started going up the hill and, you know, slowed him down, like I felt such a palpable sense of
0: relief. It was like, I didn't watch this human being die. Yep. And then he was like, Hey, let's do it
2: again. <laughs> I was like, Alright, we gotta go. We gotta go.
0: Riding on the skateboard, it's like the size of my foot with wheels on it.
2: Yep. No, nope. Almost like roller skates. Just yeah. Just one roller skate. He was skateboarding on <laughs> the Hello Kitty roller skate, yeah. Uh, that was just that was a just awful, awful feeling to watch that unfold. And it turned out fine. So I can only imagine what he was going through.
0: I don't think I ever watched anybody do anything where I was like Oh, I hope this turns out good. I don't think ever. I've seen people jump off roofs into pools. Yeah. You know, I've seen people do put chairs at poolside, run, jump off a wooden chair and do, like, jackknife into it. And it's just like, yeah, that chair, it's, like, real wiggly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's just like, well, yeah, you crack your head open, you're stupid, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's it's funny that we talked about this uh in relationship to the Demolition Derby, that it's, like, a, one of the... I don't want to say talents, but one of the true things that the younger drivers seem to have is that they don't know how much things will hurt or what they'll do. So they just go into it crazy because it's like, you know, jumping off that wooden chair that could explode or uh, break apart or whatever. It's like they don't know enough not to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, you see it like that. Uh, I mean, you take a look at my sister, uh, Jeanette McGuire, she goes out for the banging for boobs race, you Mm -hmm. know, and. And there's really no rule on what car you can bring. So the first year they do it, there's, there's I think it was Rebecca Ketlar had a um, 70s car. Yeah. And I told my sister, I said, when that race gets going, I said, just turn around, go back. We're running to anyone that's coming. So here's my sister and this rusty car we gave her. That's all beat <laughs> up. It's been raced once ready. It's an 80s car. And, and here comes that 70s car. And what is she doing? She's going to try and pull head on with it. That's just lack of knowing what you're running into. I mean, you wouldn't see... A guy used an 80s round car, you know, Johnny Ryan wouldn't use an 80s round car, come around the corner and try to, you know, take his two-door caddy, head on into Brian Anderson's, you know, '72, yeah. yeah, caddy, he wouldn't do that, because why, well, there's, he a, re- there's a reason, there's a reason I don't smarter. drive my
2: VW into a dump truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, how'd you think of that one? You oh my should. God, I, I think we,
2: I think we might have just hit a rabbit. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking, like,
0: what? <laughs> it, it is a rabbit. <laughs> it is a
2: rabbit. Uh. So, Steve, we'll, uh, we'll sign off here and uh, be back next week.
1: For Chris Newmer and Steve Gersky Jr., go Gersky, go home, or go home with Gersky. I'm John Sensimer. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and thank you for listening. Behind the Destruction would like to thank our producer, Mora Cher, and Kosher Studios, located in Woodridge, Illinois. Visit them on the web at koshersounds.com. For previous episodes of Behind the Destruction, the latest demolition derby news and columns, you may visit us at behindthedestruction.com.